podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to this Cricket Badger India vs England daily podcast by the fans for the fans. Virat Kohli's India with Rohit Sharma, Jaspreet Bumrah and Ravi Ashwan and young starlets like Rishabh Pant and Shubman Gill. They play host to Joe Root's England with Jimmy Anderson, Ben Stokes, Stuart Broad and young talents like Ollie Pope and Zach Crawley. It's always England's toughest tour. Good luck to both sides. May the best team win. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition of the Test Match Daily. The first test is behind us. We have the first day between test matches, but we're back on the Test Match Daily to uh, try and tie up the loose ends from that first game and maybe have a bit of a look ahead to the rest of the series. To help me do that is Ash Turner and Raj Dav on the line today. Ash is our England fan, Raj is our India fan. Let's start with Ash because he's probably the happier of the uh, two campers I have with me today. Ash, looking back at that first test match, you're never going to get a perfect performance by a cricket team in a test match players are always going to get out cheaply if you had a perfect performance it would be 1500 for naught declared the other team bowl out for naught you're never going to get that but in terms of reality that was about as close as England are ever going to get to a perfect test match away from home wasn't it? Yeah I think there was very very little that that went wrong anything that sort of did go wrong so like Roy Burns getting out quite cheaply I guess in the in the first innings and then Dan Lawrence following straight after it that was sort of overcome because other people were just doing so so well and just as a team we looked like no matter what happened we were going to fight our way out of the situation and I was just really impressed by how we we managed to basically dominate all all five days of the test match which I expected us to maybe have a couple of days but I, I was always expecting India to have at least as many days as us dominating and I, I said the toss would be important and it obviously was but even so as you say the performance was nigh on perfect and was really good to watch you can take the ICC rankings with a little bit of a pinch of salt sometimes, but Joe Root has moved up two places to number three in the latest ICC test rankings for batsmen. Jimmy Anderson moved up three places to number three in the bowling list as well. Um, Stuart Broad, despite not playing, remains at number two. So England have the number two and three test match bowlers. They have the number three test match batsmen. Root was just ridiculous, has been for the last three test matches. The one thing that worries me, Ash, with that is that Joe Root is human and there will be a time where he nicks off for five and where do the runs come from obviously Ben Stokes is a fairly solid hand at number five but the Burnses the Sibleys the Popes the Lawrences the Crawleys when he comes back in they need to go big as well don't they and if if Root doesn't post 150 plus somebody else has to yeah I think that's always going to be our concern is that there's not many teams I guess out there that have someone like Joe Root and then have another two or three of them I guess you could say that may India are probably a little bit stronger than us in that regard and possibly Australia because they've obviously got Steve Smith and Marnus but as you say we've got Ben Stokes I think always going to have a good chance there if Rooty doesn't fire there's a good chance Stokes will but even so I think England are looking good in the sense that Sibley, Pope, Lawrence Crawley they're all still quite young they've all still got a lot of cricket ahead of them yet mentally mindset wise they seem to have the right temperament they seem to have the right idea which I think maybe where a lot of players have gone wrong in the past four so I think all of those four 
have, have got the ability in them and have got the mindset to go and put out one of them big scores. I think we've seen, obviously, from Sibley and Crawley, they can do it. And I'm sure Pope can. I think it's just going to be maybe not as not as often yet as we'd like. But I think you've got to stick with them and bat them and, and hope that at least one comes good in each game like Sibley came good in, in this one. Let's crack on with that Raj then. Raj, commiserations. I asked the um, Cricket Badger Twitter feed this morning, um, the Indian followers on there, because it was quite noticeable through that first Test match that despite despite the match situation, that Indian fans were still very vocally saying, we're going to win this test match, even midway through day five. And I asked them why that was, whether it was because of the home dominance in the last 10 years, the fact that you know, the last eight years, is it? The, the only one test match defeat until until yesterday. And a few of them came back and said, it might be partly that, but I think uh, they felt that India were on a roll at the moment, that series in Australia. They felt a little bit invincible off the back of that. The chases that they made in the Gabba um, was obviously a successful chase. And they felt that anything was possible with the mentality that this Indian team had. Looking at the series as it stands from my perspective, the beauty of it is England could go on and win this series, but it wouldn't surprise me if it ended up being 3-1 to India. Actually, that's the whole beauty of Test cricket, isn't it? You know, we did not expect uh, India to perform that well in Australia. Similarly, you know, you did not expect West Indies to come and uh, beat Bangladesh at their own backyard. So that's the whole beauty of Test cricket. That Before the series, you know, we all expected this to be a crackerjacker of series. I'm not on that fan side, you know, where uh, I was very confident that India would beat England 4-0. I was of the opinion that, you know, India would definitely win this series, but England are in for a very, very tough fight. Overall, I did not expect India to get trashed like this at their own backyard. Was expecting that England would definitely be very tough to beat considering its form and also their bowling attack, but did not expect the Sibylis and the Leeds to come good right from the first test itself. Uh, you know, this was exactly something that as an Indian fan, I was totally worried about and was wary of that just when you experience the greatest highs in life, which the Indian team experienced in Australia, that is the exact moment when a little bit of complacency can creep in. A little more application and a little more responsibility is something that you would expect from the Indians, especially at home conditions. But sometimes a test, a, a test loss at the beginning of the test series is ex- exactly what you need. I think it, it can come as a blessing in disguise. In Coming a way, though, Raj, I mean, I, I did uh, I did a writing course, and when you write a film drama or a thriller or something like that, after the big crescendos, the big highs, you want to try and just kind of like drop it right down and have something really quiet. And depressing or something just following that because you take the <laughs> take the audience on a bit of a roller coaster ride during a, a really good feature film that's what the Indian team are doing to you yeah absolutely I also read Michael Wan's piece that you know when they won the Ashes against Australia in 2005 that is when uh, it was touted that this England team is going to is meant to do special special things in the future but they did not expect to go on to win a lot of test matches after the 2005 Ashes high so similarly you know India is in a precarious situation right now that after the highs of Brisbane after what they did in Australia, all the Indian fans were expecting that this Indian team would bulldoze, uh, just go pass through England and beat them 4-0. But that's the whole beauty of Test cricket. Test cricket cannot be taken granted and every Test match is crucial even if it is home or away. Coming back to your point of, you know, what side I was on when uh, uh, when it was the fifth day that they, could this Indian team chase down this mammoth score? It boils down to three important uh, facts that one being the home domination that India has had over the last seven, eight years. Second, uh, the fresh Brisbane win. And third was that India beat England uh, in the fifth day of the 
Chennai test where Sachin and Yuvraj uh, had a mammoth partnership and Virendra Sehwag set it up for them beautifully. So these three were strong reasons that, you know, every fan believed till the last moment that, you know, India could chase this down. But unfortunately, I was a little more pragmatic and I was not one of those fans. And I thought this test match ended for India on the day three itself when India got bundled out for, uh, Mm. say, a little over 300 and when they were a little short of follow-on. So I was expecting India to get thrashed badly since it's very difficult to bat at home conditions on a day five ranked turner in Chennai. A few stats for you here, Raj. India's first test defeat in Chennai since 1999. End of India's eight-match winning streak in home test match. End of India's 14-match unbeaten streak in home test matches. That kind of just underlines what we've just been saying, really, that you have such dominance from India in recent times, particularly at that ground. But you can never take that for granted. You can't just go into a, into a game thinking, it's that ground, it's this team, this is going to happen because sport brings up strange things, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, uh, going through this test match, you know, we were all expecting you know, the Root to be in top form. And Root is such kind of a player who is an excellent, excellent player of spin bowling. He rocks back forward to bowls which are very short. He comes forward, he paddle sweeps you, he reverse sweeps you, he uh, does the scoops, he hits a slog sweep for you. So it's he's a very, very difficult bowler to bowl to, especially in these conditions. So Root is an Englishman in the garb of an Indian. Uh, you know, he actually plays spin, spin really, really well. And then you cannot uh, negate the fact of the Anderson and the Archers mm-hmm. and the next test match even Broad would be coming in and Broad would be steaming in and bowling getting the ball to reverse so it was an absolutely top performance by the Englishman it was beautiful because uh, even Sibley came good in the first innings Burns had a good start Burns even though Burns threw his wicket but he had a good start so overall it was a top top performance by England and it will be a very very fascinating series going forward and I expect this to be a very high octane contest It's built for for absolute riveting viewing isn't it over the next few weeks yeah. just one last point to you Raj before I just go I'll go back to Ash again Joe Root you mentioned him there I mean he's in complete control at the moment it's just a joy to watch him but he's out sweeping the Indians the Indians don't seem to play the sweep shot at the moment Joe Root plays it regularly plays it in complete control yeah. and has it as a, as a real weapon doesn't he but yeah the Indians don't seem to play that why is that yeah yeah, Th- that's the whole irony right uh, because the Indians are meant to be good players of spin and in order to counter attack spin you know, you need to play good sweep shots. But unfortunately, in this Indian lineup, you know, leaving aside, say, a Rohit Sharma or maybe a little bit of Shubman Gill, uh, Pujaras and the Kohlis and the Rahanes are more the traditional, orthodox, old-fashioned test cricketers. You know, they play cricket in their V, they try to play cricket straight. So they don't have the sweep shot in their dictionary. Other than a Rishabh Panth, you know, who would give them a little more flair and a little more flamboyance. But uh, this is actually very strange. You know, this is the exact situation which India has ended up in the limited oversight in the past few years where you know they could not find a lot of two in lot of two in one cricketers you know the whole the whole idea of England dominating this uh, white ball circuit and now slowly translating their white ball form into red ball form is that they are they have multifaceted cricketers cricketers who can do two in one say they have the Stokes the Wokes the Moinalis they have the Sam Currens so India has always fell short of those cricketers in the past and have also lacked a little bit of flamboyance but uh, Pant adds in a new dimension to the squad and maybe you know in the coming series uh, in the coming te- uh, test match or the 
coming series. Maybe we would see a little more of Hardik Pandya because Hardik Pandya is someone who would not play the sweep, but he would definitely, you know, take charge and uh, take uh, leech and uh, Bess. Uh, he he can take the attack to them. Absolutely. The answer answer to your question, uh, James, I don't have a direct answer to your question as to why they traditionally don't play sweep shots. BlackRatCricket.com Handmade English willow bats. They do have a cashmere range for bats 0 to 4. Starter kit all the way to pro level kits. They're based in Yorkshire. There is team wear available and there is a new signature range coming soon in February. Bats made by cricketers for cricketers. Make 2021 count with Black Rat Cricket. Ash, the um, Rishabh Pant mentioned there by Raj, um, they used to say about Ian Botham and, and Freddie Flintoff when they came out to bat, the bars emptied because everybody wanted to watch it. R- Rishabh Pant's the same, isn't he? I mean, Jack Leach came back really nicely in that test match, but he took him down through that eight-over period and it was destructive hitting. We're not going to want to miss a Rishabh Pant innings this test match because there's always something going on. Yeah, Rishabh Pant screams to me of the old club cricket little sledge of here for a good time, not a long time. I'm I'm never quite sure whether he's going to hit 20 off 10 balls and that'll be it or whether he'll go on like he did in the first innings but he, he's a very exciting cricketer um, I was a bit shocked that there was any debate over whether he played in the first test in the sense of as a keeper and whether he played in Australia because for me he seems like a sublime young talent who has the ability and by the looks of it the belief in himself to be a success in all three formats He's a sort of player though that you don't want to water down I mean Indian fans they're going to have to take the rough with this movie Rishabh Pant because there will be days he walks out there and he's out really cheaply playing a silly shot or what people deem to be a silly shot and then the following week he'll hit 120 off 60 balls and everybody will be purring about Yeah I totally agree I think India almost have a same sort of conservatism problem as a lot of English fans in both cricket, football. These flair players, it's often, oh, well, you can't afford to have them in that team. But at the end of the day, they're, they're your most talented players often. And they're often the players that can literally win you a game from nothing. They are your match winners. And so I think it's really important that every team has at least one or two of them players in there because, yeah, they might cost you in some games, but more often than not, they're going to pull you out of a really rough patch, out of a really tough situation and, and make that difference. And let's be honest, if you're a child watching Test Match Cricket, you're going to probably quite enjoy watching Rishad Pant bat and you'd probably rather be watching him than, than anyone else right now. Yeah, I mean, with all due respect to Dom Sibley, if you got the choice to watch one of the two, you're going to watch Rishad Pant bat rather than Dom Sibley, aren't you? He's just, yeah, always something happening when Rishad Pant's, even when he's keeping, there's always something going on. Raj, some st- stats for you about uh, Jimmy Anderson. In Asia so far this winter, Jimmy Anderson has bowled 58.5 overs. This is obviously Sri Lanka two test matches and that first test match at Chennai. He's bowled 22 maidens and taken 11 for 109. We're always taught in England that you've seen bowlers go over there and they're basically supposed to keep it tight and just kind of let the spinners do all of the uh, the glamour work in terms of taking wickets. That spell from Jimmy Anderson yesterday was extraordinary, wasn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, I've watched a Jimmy Anderson bowl live at the Lord's Cricket Stadium in 2018, India versus England. And that is when I realised that how special a talent he is, especially how skillful he is. Uh, Jimmy Anderson, you know, always reminds me a little bit of Roger Federer. So you, whenever you watch Roger Federer, you're quite amazed of how skillful he is. At the same time, you know, whenever Roger Federer is down, but 
all of a sudden, you know, he comes up with an ace proving that, you know, you cannot ride Roger Federer off. Similarly, you know, Jimmy Anderson, while he was coming to the series, there was a lot of talk about how uh, a cloud cover would help Jimmy Anderson and his bowling. And there were a lot of trolls and critiques around him. Jimmy Anderson, you know, on a day five test match at a burning, burning Chepok Stadium proved that, you know, he does not need cloud cover. He's an absolute master of the art that he has. He's a special, special bowler. From an Indian perspective, Raj, going into the second test match there, the school of thought seems to be that England are going to alternate Anderson and Broad throughout this series. Now, Stuart Broad, don't get me wrong, he's a class act as well. But India, after watching him bowl yesterday, will be quite pleased if they put Jimmy Anderson in cotton wool for, for one mm-hmm. test match, won't they? Uh, if you ask uh, the majority of the fans, perhaps, you know, they would be pleased that Jimmy Anderson is would be rested for the next match. Knowing about Broad potential, you know that Broad is equally capable of doing similar things as Jimmy does. So, before the start of the series, you know, I was happy that Broad and Anderson are not going to start together because if they start together, then, you know, they can run riots to this Indian team because they are so good and they are so lethal in bowling partnerships. But I would say that considering the current form of Jimmy Anderson, how he troubled India on the fifth day of this Chennai test, perhaps India would be the happier side and they would settle for Broad than Jimmy Anderson. Ash, the um, Joe Root bandwagon just keeps rolling on, doesn't it, through this winter? Just a ridiculous series of matches he's putting together through Sri Lanka and into the Indian series. Um, I mean, just uh, the stat I saw on Twitter uh, last night, Joe Root, the first ever player in the history of Test Match cricket to outscore an opposition innings in each of uh, three Test Matches in a row. He scored 228 against Sri Lanka, they were 135 all out. He scored 186 against Sri Lanka, they were 126 all out. And he scored 218 against India, and uh, yesterday there were 192 two all out that's one stat there are millions of Joe Root stats going around at the moment he's just got off to a, a flying start to this season he, he looks like he's playing on a totally he's playing a different sport on a different surface against a different bowling attack when he's into the to the rest of the England players yeah I can't quite believe how good he looks I, I was hopeful that he was going to come into this year having sort of had sort of different year I guess from with Covid and maybe having had a bit more time to sort of practice and look at different things which I know a lot of people have been set, sort of saying in the papers that he was he'd been working on certain things, and obviously I think it's helped having Silverwood as the as the coach. Speak the same language; they're both Yorkshiremen. <laughs> well, yeah, two Yorkshiremen who seem to have the same ideas about how how they want to go about the cricket, and I think that's maybe took a little bit of the the pressure and the sort of strain off route, which has helped. He's obviously worked on his technique a little bit and changed a few things, and he, you can just tell that all the hard work is now paying off, and he looks. As you say, like he's playing a complete different ball game to everyone, to everyone else, and everything just seems so so fluent and easy at the moment. And I think that really tells you when a, a player is at the best when they're making what to everyone else is difficult look look easy. And I just really, really hope that he can he can keep it up because he looks so much happier in himself as England captain of late. And it's rubbing off onto his captaincy, isn't it? He's walking two inches taller. I, I've noticed in this test match that he looks more authoritative. He feels that he's leading this team now because he's playing so well and he's got confidence from his batting he's flying to his left and taking blinding catches and he's also looking far more a leader to me yeah I totally agree I think this is probably the last few games the first time I've, I've sat and watched thought wow Joe looks like the leader. He looks like a really, really good captain. Obviously, he was he was a good captain before. I think he came in for some sort of harsh criticism at times. To be fair to him, but he, as you say, he looks like a, just a different player, a more confident player, and he's saying more confident in himself. And I think it all just seems to have clicked right now. And hopefully, it stays that way, and he can take it on through the summer and into the Ashes. Because if so. 
I think he will possibly become the number one ranked batsman in the rankings. I mean, that that's the thing, isn't it, with Joe Root? He's, you know, we're saying after three test matches in 2021, he's growing visibly as a, as a human being and as a leader in that side. And it couldn't happen at a better time, could it, with 17 test matches and all of them important in 2021. If Joe Root comes of age this year as an England captain, he couldn't have timed it better. Raj, Ravi Ashwin, um, what a bowler. I love watching him. He's got such control, such variation, that dip, um, the, uh, the kind of drift in the air. He, he He's got it on a string, hasn't he, really, um, at the moment. But he's 14 wickets short of going to 400 in Test Match cricket. Um, he's the first spinner in over in over 100 years to take the wicket off the first ball of an innings. That's a little bit of a quirky stat, isn't it? Because uh, that's because spinners don't tend to open the bowling. But he's also, in the stats of uh, the world's top spinners after 75 Test Matches, he is uh, right up there, second in the list. At the same stage, uh, Murali had taken 420 Test Match wickets. Now, we all know what Murray went on to do but Ashwin 386 so far after 75 test matches and that's ahead of Harath Cumbley and Warren his stats stand up with everybody uh, the only thing that he needs to maintain going forward is that uh, the fitness part of things because uh, you you saw how Jadeja got injured and you know Ashwin also missed a test in the Australian series and how Jofra was peppering him with shot balls you know very worried as an Indian fan that you know you cannot afford to lose now Ashwin after Jadeja uh, but J- Ashwin is definitely on a roll and he's a very, very clever bowler. So the task cut out for him for the next part of this, uh, for the remaining part of the series would be to how to get into Joe Root's mind because he got into Stephen Smith's mind in Australia when he bowled to Stephen Smith. So from purely from a tactical perspective, I think in order to get this going, uh, get the series going forward, Ashwin needs to devise a plan to get how to get Joe Root out. If not, the fast bowlers are trying to get him out but yeah Ashwin is a very very special bowler he can get the ball to drift in he has this slow carom ball in between uh, the sharpest part about his bowling is how he makes use of the popping crease how clever he is with the field and stuff like that and he's well on course to reach 400 wickets and hopefully he reaches 400 wickets in this series because that will augur well for the Indian cricket Badges are furry creatures. 85% of women badges think bad grooming is a major turn-off. 80% of women badges think men should trim below the belt. 89% of men think good grooming is essential to the professional success. Don't just dismiss it out of hand. Get on there, manscaped.com. Check out their great range of male grooming accessories. Hygiene, appearance, attractiveness, confidence. Simply go to manscaped.com, quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com, together we save balls. Let's round off this podcast then with a look at England then going into the uh, the next test match, Ash. I came into this series with my heart thinking, come on England, with my head thinking, oh, I'm going to watch this from behind the sofa because it could get messy. And that first test match couldn't, couldn't not have gone any better from an England perspective. But looking down that Indian side, in- England start the second test match, no more favourites to win that one than they did the first. But it's going to be a really tough task, I think, for England over the next three test matches. I expect India to bounce back hard. The toss is going to be important again but how do you sit as an England fan ahead of this second test match do you fear a bit of a, a kind of bounce back ability factor from the Indians yeah I'm sure there's going to be a bounce back 
from the Indian side, they're too good a team to not do that. I think they're going to improve on the performance. I guess more the question is whether England can maintain that sort of level of performance. Obviously, we're expecting a couple of changes with folks coming in and I'd expect Broad to come in for Anderson. But to be honest, I don't think that's might, that'll make too much of a difference to the side. So it's just about people finding their levels again. And I'm hopeful that they can. But as you say, the toss is the key. We win the toss again and we keep up our levels. I honestly think we can win again. Even if we keep our levels up and we lose, but we lose a toss, I think it's going to be a very, very difficult day. But they've already got the the one on the board that I was hoping for and I said would make it a real big success of a tour. So if they can maybe pull in another one or even just a draw, I would be delighted with that return from what is a very difficult test series at a very difficult sort of unprecedented time it doesn't seem long ago since we were talking about England's slow starts to series and they never got off to a good start first test match always let them down but you know, they, they won the first test in Sri Lanka obviously to finish up 2-0 victors they've won the one, first one in India the other thing that we used to say about England is that they couldn't back it back it up with another performance straight off the back and that's what they've got to do isn't it they've got to kind of take away the euphoria of yesterday and the fact that they won in India they can't just rest on that now can they Ash? They've got to come into Saturday's play, putting that behind them. Oh, yeah, they've got to come into it and it's got to be a case of, right, start again. It's a a new game. The last one's been and gone. We start again from fresh. And you would hope and I would expect, to be fair, with how the England team are, that that will happen. The professional sportsmen, they've been there and done it before. So they should know that going into this test, it all starts again. Even though it's at the same ground, it doesn't mean the pitch is going to be the exact same. I'm sure there might be a few changes to it. So I'm sure that the England team will go into it knowing that it's it's back to square one again. Yes, we're one nil up, but we need to treat it as if it's if it's nil nil and go again. You mentioned folks in for Butler. That's an obvious change. That's that's got to happen because Butler will be on the plane by now. The other one brought for Anderson, which is likely to. Any other changes as far as you're concerned, Ash, going into at the second test? No, I would try and keep it as so. The, the one thing I've considered after a suggestion from a friend is whether maybe Ollie Pope. Everyone says he's he, he is England's number three for the future. Do you move him up and give Lawrence the slightly easier ride at going at six? I'm not sure, though, to oh, be honest. England seem to back him at number six. It's a strange fair. one, that, isn't it? Because, I mean, Ollie Pope came into the test team at four, when it was, which was above where he was banked for Surrey. Then they took him down to six after, quite rightly, Surrey made a few noises to say, well, it's a bit unfair to bring him in at six when he's at four when he's never batted there. But now he's had the experience that he's got. Yeah, maybe now is the time to take him up to that number three spot. But would it be temporary? Because then Zach Crawley comes back in, he takes it back off him. It's very, you're kind of juggling balls with that aren't you yeah that's why I think I would just leave it as it is for now because as I say I think you'd expect Crawley to be back in in the third test or even possibly Johnny Bairstow when he comes from comes back to out to India so it's almost like you'd be looking at moving him up for one game only is it, is it worth doing or do you stick with Lawrence back him show, show confidence in him and say look we know you're good enough in the future to be batting in that top three or four for us so have this opportunity have this experience now I think I'd do that I certainly wouldn't do what Steve Harmon suggested which was bring Moe and Ali in at number three but yeah I think I'd just stick to Broad and folks in for Anderson and Butler to be honest look at the at cricket underscore Badger Twitter feed to see what the Badger thinks about Moe and Ali coming back into the England cricket team Raj to finish off with you then for India and they're looking ahead to the second test match we'll talk about the team in just a second but they've got to put that defeat behind them haven't they in the same way England have got to kind of put the win behind them India have got to put that defeat behind them use that as a catalyst to come back strongly we talked yesterday um, about Virat Kohli's position as captain do you think he will feel under any pressure at all because obviously Rahani did quite nicely in Australia 
after Virat had gone home after the first defeat. Virat's last two games haven't uh, yielded a positive result. There is that kind of subtext, isn't there? There is that subtext, but uh, knowing you know Virat and knowing his personality of how he takes his game and how he takes those challenges, I don't think he's under pressure or he would uh, affect pressure to affect him. All these situations and all these uh, circumstances are just going to make this Indian team stronger and just going to make Virat stronger. You, you know, you you saw him, how you saw him play in the second innings and he was very composed and focused unless he got a very low one by Ben Stokes. So he is going to up his game and I'm pretty sure that India is also going to up their game. So don't think, you know, captaincy pressure is something that Virat and his boys would think at. The only thing that they would think at is how to apply themselves better and how to be more focused in this next test so that they could level the series. Naman on the podcast yesterday. I love Naman because he's so positive about everything. Um, his house could fall down. He'd still be delighted there was still ground underneath it. He, he said that it was actually a good thing in many ways. The Indian fans have got used to losing the first test of a series because then they bounce back and they always win from there. He was seeing it as a positive. Do you see it like that? I also see it as a positive, even though, you know, I would not have preferred that England would have won the first test because then it puts us in 1-0 and also the WTC finals at stake. Uh, yes, it could be a blessing in disguise because since you've lost the first test, you know, you know the opposition is going to come hard at you. You cannot take the opposition for granted. You know, Joe Roots is in ominous form. Uh, so since the chips are down, you know, I expect this Indian team to bounce back. Uh, this could act as a catalyst and, you know, this could galvanize the entire team together. And this is something that I'm very optimistic and positive about. Team changes for India Raj, do you, do you see anything major happening to the India 11? From an Indian standpoint or from an Indian fan point, I would definitely want Kuldeep Yadav to play because Kuldeep would give that bit of variety in your bowling and he is a wicket taker. Uh, but since uh, you know Kuldeep played his last limited overs in England, I think it was a 2-1 series win for England and the first match of that series, you know, Kuldeep got Joe Root out of a wrong one. But the next two matches of that series, you know, Joe Root scored two back-to-back hundreds against Kuldeep. So it's an interesting choice that, you know, India has to make. So I would definitely like to see Kuldeep because he adds more uh, dynamism to your squi- uh, squad. Uh, but having known the Indian management, you know, they would look for someone who is two-in-one. So maybe the only change that I see is that Nadeem would make way for Aksar Patel if he's fully fit. So then they would go with Aksar uh, Sundar and Ashwin as their lower, lower middle order. So that's the only change I can think from an Indian management perspective. But I would definitely want Kuldeep to play so that, you know, Aksar can take place of Nadeem and Kuldeep could replace Sundar. But that would mean that, you know, you're taking away Sundar because uh, Sundar and Sundar has performed really well with the bat. But I still feel that, you know, Sundar does not offer so much variety with the bowl and uh, you really need wickets in test cricket if you need to win matches. So Kuldeep becomes an automatic choice for me. I don't know in place of who, maybe he takes place of Sundar or maybe he takes place of Nadeem. What's the result going to be then, Raj? What's the result of the second test match? The result of the te- second test match, like you emphasised how crucial it is to win the toss here at the Chepok. So if England wins the toss, then I would say it's 60-40 to England. If India wins the so- uh, toss, then it's 60-40 to India. But uh, India would definitely like to believe that, you know, they have to take toss out of the equation. And even if in- England win the toss, they would definitely want to apply themselves better in the first 
last innings of the test match and try to match up to England's score. So I'm expecting a strong Indian fight back and I'm hoping this series goes 1-1. Ash, what about you? What's the result of this second test match starting on Saturday? I'm going to go with the odds are it's 50-50 on winning the toss. I'm going to guess after we've won the last one, we're going to go and lose this the toss on this one and that'll see us lose the game. But I think it'll be close and I think it'll set us up nicely going into the day-night test where I quite fancy England to maybe pull off another shot and, and get maybe a second win on the board. So I'm going to probably go with India for this one because I, I, I just can't quite see it all going our way again. I think that'll set us up beautifully for the day-night test on, which will be prime viewing time as well on Channel 4, which will be brilliant. Ash basically sums up the entire England mentality of this series, kind of hoping but fearing at the same time. It's that kind of give and take that you have as an England fan. And that pink ball test, I must admit, at the start of this series was the one that I thought England probably had the best chance of maybe causing a bit of an upset in. So this series is seriously well poised as we head into the second test match. Ash and Raj, thank you for joining me today. Cheers, James. Cheers, Raj. Best of luck. Cheers. Cheers. Best of luck. Beautiful, isn't it? The harmony between the two nations on the Cricket Badger podcast. The Test Match Dailies will be with you, as the name suggests, every single day through England's tour of India. I've been James, the Cricket Badger. Make sure you join us tomorrow. Thanks for listening. We will be back every day during England's tour of India. Get in touch on at cricket underscore badger on Twitter. We hope you are enjoying the cricket. See you again tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network.